Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. And Miami advances left forecourt as Isle Dosumu at the foul line makes a couple. And this ball game is over. Disappointing performance by the Bulls tonight after a thrilling victory on Saturday here at the United Center. 19,258. Watch the Heat beat the Bulls by 18, 118 to 100. Gabe Ramirez, Hub Arcus here on 670. The score had a lot of chats about. Tyler Ferengal is producing today, and he has no idea what this... Nah, see? I was there right there. Justice. You know this song or not? I've heard of it. Where'd you go to college? Sorry. Uh, I, not the I see Illinois Media School. Did you really? Not Yeah, not a traditional four-year college. Disappointed in you. Sorry, Gabe. You're way more intelligent than that. No shade at ICB. But you're a smart kid. Thank you. All right, we'll work on that. Make sure you're there. Tyler Ferengal producing today, getting us the good music, and now we get an opportunity to talk some Bulls basketball with our next guest joining us right now on the Circus Sports Illinois Hotline. Of course, he covers the Bulls for the for 670 score. He's also just an all-around superstar here at 670. It is Cody Westerlin. Cody, what up, man? How you doing, man? How you feeling? I'm good. How are you guys doing? I mean, you know, we're talking about the Bulls, so it's like Bears one minus 1.0 right now. That's <laughs> how I'm feeling right now. Um, but the good thing is this. You and I had a healthy conversation about the Bulls at the United Center on Friday, and the Bulls themselves uh, are going to be taking on tomorrow, right? Is that right? Am I missing something? Yeah, tomorrow the OKC Thunder, who... As of late, most people – I put money on Chet Holmgren to win the Rookie of the Year like about a month and a half ago. I thought that Wemby would be injured at some point, and I just assumed that, you know, Chet, after having a year off from an injury, he would just be primed and ready to put up some points. So first, thoughts with the Chet versus Wemby comparison. And then two, we've seen OKC beat up on the Chicago Bulls with youth, athleticism, uh, do you expect the same thing tomorrow against the Chicago Bulls? Yeah, I think uh, the Bulls could be in for a world of hurt here on this four-game road trip starting game. I mean, they're 5-10 and 10 and 
four road games, and one of them is against the Thunder. One of them is against the Celtics. Those are probably two of the four best teams in the NBA. And like you said, the the Thunder ran the Bulls out of the United Center on opening night for, for Chicago, winning by 20, and a lot of that was Shea Gilgis. Alexander, I would note that uh, Jalen Williams, the strong wing for the Thunder, is probably going to be out tomorrow night. He's been dealing with an injury, so maybe the Bulls get a little bit of a break there. But that's a young team, and we know we've seen this. We've seen this movie a lot in Chicago with the Bulls. They're they're a little too old, a little too slow, and the Thunder are probably one of the youngest, fastest, um, hardest playing teams in the NBA. Get to the hoop well, kick the ball out well. And the Thunder do just about everything pretty well in comparison to the Bulls besides rebound. So uh, you look at that, that that starts a tough stretch for the Bulls at what's really a critical time, guys, because we we know well there's more more going on than just the games on the court right now for the Bulls as we look ahead for this organization. Yeah, I don't want to turn this into a, a Bulls-Bears thing, but I do have to ask the question because I think what the Bears are struggling from right now is the expectations were so ridiculous coming into the season. What what were your realistic expectations for the Bulls before they started the season? Yeah, I thought they'd be right around 500. So I, I've certainly been wrong on that case because it's going to take a lot of work to finish the year at 41 and 41 for, for this team the way they're tracking. But the Bulls... That's the thing about Arturis Karnishevis. He, he doesn't go out there and throw up really lofty goals. They wanted to be more competitive against good teams. They wanted to reach the playoffs. Now, those are not huge goals, right? Like, they've established goals before, too, like win around in the playoffs. They have not gone out there and talked about championships expectations. So, uh, when they got eliminated in the play-in round last year, after going 40 and 42, they certainly wanted to have a winning record. They wanted to get a playoff berth. They wanted to get back into that top six. And really, I don't know exactly what they want to do or accomplish because this front office has never been really clear about those goals. But the, the expectations were, were not out of control, right? Like you're asking a team to to make a little bit of noise and be a little bit better than 40 and 42. That's That shouldn't be that difficult. But the wheels are certainly starting to, to fall off for this team at this point. Talking to Cody Westland, uh, Chicago Bulls reporter, right here on 670 The Scourge, Gabe Ramirez, along with Hub Barkish. I mean, talk to me about this Zach Levine situation at the end of the game. When he walks off the court, it looks very clear that – I mean, let's not talk about the dismissing of the PR person, right? Let's let's, let's take a step back, Cody. You and I were at that game. (laughs) Like, we were there, right? I mean – why do you think he was even upset to begin with heading into that moment, right? Because I think more often than not, we, we we should never be looking at the actual moment. We should be looking at the moments leading up to it. And in that one, like, DeMar hit some buckets. Zach was contributing to it. Like, why would he even, even have been upset and walking off the court in that instance? I, I think he's stuck. Um, in a new state of mind that's probably directed by his agency. And I have not seen... uh, We know that Zach Levine, time and time again, has wanted to take big shots, wanted the ball in crunch time. He, in in many ways, pretty much all of DeMar DeRozan's first year in Chicago, Zach took a back seat. Last year, maybe a few more chances, but it, it was still mostly DeMar in crunch time. So, so for Zach to leave the court in a bad mood after the Bulls won and DeMar made some big shots late, 
Um, Alex Caruso made some big plays as he had, and, and we're talking about Saturday night when the Bulls uh, beat the Miami Heat 102-97 after trailing by 21, just to be clear here with everyone. Like, it was weird because Zach has usually handled that more professionally, and it's funny that you mentioned we saw each other last Friday, right, Gabe? Like, we were doing a pregame radio hit on Press Row, and I think I made mention of something like, well, you know, like, Zach Levine has usually handled himself very professionally. <laughs> In the organization, like, I expect it to be a little weird, but I, I, I don't expect it to blow up, right, because of who he's been. And then just how things played out that night, he kind of made a passive-aggressive comment. A reporter asked him what he thought of Billy Donovan's adjustments, and Zach responded that he thought the players are doing everything they can to make it right. And it was really weird. And then the next night, Saturday, had the walk-off and declined the walk-off interview on the court and didn't celebrate with his teammates. So, to me, when you're asking and getting to the why, I think he's trying to accelerate the process of getting out of Chicago. Yeah. I think his agency's directing him on that. And I don't think it's something that comes naturally to him in a way that maybe being rude and just being a mess for someone like James Harden in the past has worked to get him out of town. Now, this is not to that level whatsoever, but I, I just think it's weird for Zach and it's put everyone in a weird position. So I think you may have just answered this question talking about his agent, but I'm still curious. How did he go from being a really good Chicago Bull to suddenly wanting wanting out of town? I mean, what what happened there? Until a week and a half ago, he was the guy that you wanted to run your locker room, and now all of a sudden he wants to be traded. No, I don't think the Bulls have ever viewed Zach as the guy that they've wanted to run their locker room. Not this regime, right? They They kept him because... He was going into free agency and was their best asset and had a good year. And you don't let guys like that walk for nothing. Like trading him has always been in the back of the mind of this regime. Now, I think the friction with Billy Donovan has picked up a little bit with Zach Levine. There's been a lot of reporting that he wasn't over the benching actually of last November against the Magic a year ago at this time when he sat in the final four minutes of crunch time. And I think that combined with DeMar still being the face of the franchise behind the scenes, Zach probably isn't feeling as loved by the front office and, and maybe Billy is um, they're giving others or he understands what their view is. His agency understands what their view is and they decided to play the cards that they could at this time. And I think a lot of that probably um, was sitting there bubbling up and then the bulls are off to a terrible start and Zach's looking at the rest of his career and he's a guy who, holds himself in star status, and he's been a two-time All-Star, so he's certainly um, earned his $215 million contract in the way that NBA economics work these days. But um, he's, he's trying to force his hand, and I just think he's feeling like it's, it's a place in his career that's a new time to go somewhere for the next chapter. And they decided, you never know when Clutch Sports is going to decide to hit the button to, to, to kind of rile up the whole NBA, honestly, because Rich Paul has so much power and has been such a good agent, has won a lot of bidding wars, or, or I should say negotiations, not bidding wars, but negotiations with free agents against teams. So uh, very powerful, and uh, I just think at some point here they're going to steer him to a new team in the next few months. To your knowledge, do Levine and DeRozan have a good relationship? Yeah, the relationship is, is good from everything I know. Um, behind the scenes, just in, in how they talk and conduct themselves personally. Like I, I don't know that they're going out and hanging out every night. Obviously I haven't gotten that sense, but they haven't had problems off the court ever. From what I know, um, the problems have usually been 
Zach's view of how matters play out on the court, who the Bulls go through, and it's almost always through DeMar and crunch time. And we usually know why. It's because he's had a knack for making big shots and big plays for this Bulls team. And Zach really in crunch time has he has a hard time hanging on the ball sometimes when he goes into the lane and with his decision-making. And DeMar's just so much more comfortable with the ball in his hands in, in those situations and taking care of it and getting the good shot that he wants. Um, so that's why the Bulls have leaned on him. But it's weird, right, because DeMar's older. DeMar doesn't shoot three-pointers. Zach fits the modern NBA game more. But his success and the way he plays has not helped the Bulls win in any meaningful manner. And DeMar has stepped up big in those moments. So it's almost backwards. So, like, you look at it and you're like, hey, that's kind of why the Bulls are in a pretzel as an organization and why it's kind of weird here. But, I, Hub, I, I really think it's just a buildup for Zach Levine, really. It, it is over the years. Um, and I, I just think this 5-10 and 10 start, I mean, what were they, probably four and eight when he got mad last week or something like that, four and seven when some of this news started trickling out. I think that has all contributed to it. There's a lot of debate at this point as to what he's really worth. Uh, what, <laughs> That's a great point. <laughs> what do you think, what's realistic to expect question. that they might be able to get for him? Yeah, if, if I'm the Bulls, like certainly you should be aiming high. Like I'd aim high for three good assets, right? Whether that's a young player who, who's promising um, and on a good contract, whether that's two first-round picks in addition to a young player. Like, that's the type of thing the Bulls should be aiming for. I don't know if they're going to get that, but they should absolutely aim for that. They should not be shipping him out of town on December 15th when trade restrictions for a lot of players lift across the NBA. They shouldn't ship him out of town just for two good assets if that's what they see. Um, At least in my opinion, they should aim higher. But... I don't know how everyone in the NBA views him, right? Like, there is a lot of pessimism about him not being a winning player across the NBA because he doesn't always take care of the ball because his defense um, has lagged for long stretches of his career. He has not proved that he can be the number one playmaker for others. He can be a number one scorer, certainly, have big games, not a number one playmaker. So I don't know how all teams view him because we say this, I know it's cliche and people roll their eyes, but it only does take one team, right? Like, you can get three good assets from one team. Um, I think that would be great for the Bulls, but that contract is so big, and I think a lot of teams consider him overpaid for maybe what he produces in some ways. So it could be a case where you look at it and you go, oh, you know, they got a first-round pick and a good young player. But even then, guys, like teams are teams are doing these pick swaps and stuff. Like if you can somehow kick a pick swap way down the line and kind of try to fade another team and hope maybe – you swap first round picks in like 2030 or something too and be able to get a top 10 pick you didn't think you'd have. Like even that too, like these negotiations on the margins are going to matter so much, guys, no matter who they ship him to because there are still options and flexibility in these trade talks. We're talking to Cody Westerlin here on 670 The Score, Gabe Ramirez, Hub Arkish. Cody, talk to me about life after, let's just say these trades. I think because, I mean, we can say what we want, but, I think ultimately they're inevitable, right? Well, you said are, trades. Who who else you z- trading out of town trade, for sure? Z- S. Alex Caruso. You're trading okay. DeMar DeRozan. I mean, well, really, we don't know that, though. We don't they know could that. trade Zach Levine and it's, still uh, keep trying it, to win. It, it, no, no. You, you and could. I know. They could, sure. But you and I both know that if they trade Zach Levine, they are not holding on to the rest of their assets. They are, they're unloading everyone, and they're trying to get as much as they possibly can. Or at least they should, because that's the right answer in those situations. But what does this Bulls team look like? Let's say they do get, you know, some like 
I heard Scoop Jackson talking about it earlier today with uh, Bernstein and Holmes, and I thought he had a really good point. He said that, you know, the point guard position and the power forward position for the Chicago Bulls is something that they've been absent from for the last three years, even despite the fact that they know that those are the positions that they've been missing from. And if and, and to Dan Bernstein's point, if you want to take out the actual titles of the positions themselves, they just lack a facilitator and they lack a rebounder. What 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 does that look like to you, post Zach Levine, in, in the event that they trade him or anyone else for that matter? I mean, what is this Bulls team going to look like? Well, it's going to be a disaster. I mean, if they trade Zach Levine, Alex Caruso, and DeMar DeRozan, this – this would be a bottom three or four team in the NBA, right? Like, it, you're, you're almost starting from scratch at that point, which I think a lot of fans would like. I think there would be a lot of wisdom in some of that. But eventually you're trading Vooch from that equation, too, if you can find a suitor um, for him. And I, I don't know that that would be immediate. But they have to make a decision on DeMar DeRozan here, right? Because he'll hit free agency this offseason. If they don't reach an extension by the February 8th trade deadline, you basically have to trade him, you know? Um, so... There are so many moving parts here for the Bulls, and you're asking what the team will look like. At that point, I mean, it's Kobe White. It's Javon <laughs> Carter around for a couple more years. The lottery you're team. At, it's a lottery you're looking team. At, you're looking at Pat Williams going to, like, not just a lottery team. Again, like a bottom five team in the NBA. You're looking at Pat Williams going to restricted free agency at that point. Absolutely bring the guy back, right? Because he's not going to cost that much, and you're still going to have time to help develop him. And even if you're just developing him to a better trade chip for later, you bring Pat Williams back, Kobe White, you're, you're adding young players in the draft with all these picks you get. So, um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're starting from scratch again, Gabe, and, and you're talking about, like, what do they look like? Well, it's like the names we see now that are in, like, their second unit and then a bunch of guys we have no clue about yet, really, um, moving forward if they do all of that. But, again, like, I, I just don't know. I don't think any of us know yet what AK is thinking when it comes to um, retool or rebuild. And, you know, it's just one of those things that until he trades DeMar and Zach, then you know that it's certainly a rebuild um, at that point. But but they'd have to do it, and we'd have to see it, and then go from there. You know, I'm curious. They obviously aren't one player away. There's not one no. move they can make to turn things around. Have you ever heard any talk about trying to get Michael involved in the team again? Uh, you know, as part of the management crew or, or whatever to try and create some excitement and, and, and maybe create other players wanting to come back and be involved with Michael Jordan? I, I have never heard that, um, Hub. And I was I was actually chuckling and thinking about this today because I saw some a tweet going around about like the Cubs should try to get Michael Jordan to, to recruit Shohei Otani to Chicago, right? Um, and putting aside the fact that that makes zero sense because zero. – Jordan played for for the Reinsdorfs, obviously. Um, he just I don't know what Michael's appetite is for that, right? In in any sense of the word, like he doesn't make a lot of public appearances. He wants to do his own thing, so that that would be a massive, massive ask in any endeavor. And I'm trying to think now. I don't even remember what his Hornets ownership situation is. He was selling his stake for a long time, but I, I don't even know. Did that go through? I'm, Forgetting off the top of my head, I don't know if you guys um, remember or not. Cody, let me ask you this, and this is a personal question. I know you and I play uh, baseball together. Did you play? Did you play basketball growing up? Is that like a, a sport you played? 
Uh, yeah, I played in I played in high school. I went to a small school, Gabe, so it's not impressive that. No, no, so I, 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 I would assume team. you. I, Hub, I played baseball with Cody. He played shortstop. I played left field. We were I was right behind him, and Cody's a good left, uh, good shortstop. So, I, I, but he looks like a hooper. You know what I'm saying? Like he he's, he looks like a hooper that plays baseball instead of a baseball player that hoops. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I had I had some turnover problems like Zach Levine a little bit. You were the point guard. With, I, you don't with, look like a with point the ball guard. in my with the ball in my hands a little too much. It it, it didn't go well. <laughs> they they would have been shipping me out of town too if you could trade high school. That's basketball the players. that's the control freak in in uh, Cody Westerland. <laughs> Cody, I appreciate you, man, and I thank you for uh, coming on and talking some basketball with Hub and I. Yep, you guys uh, take care anytime. Of course, Cody Westerland. Have a great holiday, Cody. Uh, sports editor here on 670 The Score, and of course he covers the Chicago Bulls for us as well. Just a great basketball mind. You know, Hub, we do play softball together, and I got to be honest, you know, I am a cocky Puerto Rican kid from the northwest side of the city, and I think that I could do anything. And then you play with Cody Westerland, and he plays shortstop, and you're like, okay, (laughs) all right, Cody Westerland's a gamer. And, And so when I get to talk basketball with him, it's funny because him and our conversations have nothing to do with basketball <laughs> over the last like five or six years, but we both both share a like a passion for basketball more so than baseball because I love basketball. That's my number one sport. And so when Cody and I get to talk hoops, it's it's, it's funny because I have the fan approach. Mm-hmm. Of, like I, I I want the best for my Bulls. I I think the best for my Bulls, and and Cody's always there to be like, yeah, Gabe. I don't know what you're watching, but this this is not this is not that. So I, I appreciate whenever you get a chance to talk to Cody Westerland. But uh, we got about half an hour left. To talk some Bears football, and that we will continue to do right here on six seventy The Score. It's Hub Arkish. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's Chicago Sports Radio. 670 to score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. For the touchdown, yeah. Um, you should have had another post for a touchdown. I overthrew him on the first one. And, um, but, yeah, we knew going into it, you know, the safety kind of gets nosy on, um, you know, high crosses, low crosses, and he sometimes plays it low. So just saw the low safety and um, put the post on it. I told him I wasn't going to miss him on it again if we came back to it. And, you know, of course, DJ ran a great route. Um, line protected. Um, you know, just felt like I had it all day back there on that one. But, yeah, I just delivered the ball to DJ. Of course, he did a good job of uh, getting his feet down. And, you know, it was a great play all around. Happy Tuesday. It is Gabe Ramirez. It is Hub Arcus. It is 670. The score. Uh, we're The most interesting thing about this season, Hub, is the evaluation of Justin Fields. And I can't put my finger on it if there's just... Because, actually, you know what? Like, I want to talk about Justin Fields, but I, but I much rather talk about the landscape of Chicago media and how we assess the quarterback position and are we too harsh right because if you're cj stroud and as a houston texan is there pressure sure but there's not as much scrutiny as there would be had you been in a market like chicago and i and i i often wonder in chicago specifically and and, and the number one guy i look at is eddie jackson uh and I look at Eddie Jackson and I say, we, 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 we praise him when he does well. And the second he doesn't, we, we tear him down. Mm-hmm. Not tear him. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. We tear him down. And I, and I, and I think about a lot of top talent in Chicago for whatever the sport may be. And I think that as Chicagoans, if it's football, we're holding you to a, Walter Payton, 1985 standard. If it's basketball, we're holding you to a Michael Jordan standard. If it's baseball, we are holding you to, you know, a World Series standard. And we automatically elevate those players to that standard, Mm -hmm. right? It's like Justin Fields, he's the man. He's a top five quarterback in the NFL. And so when he falls short of that, then we come down on him too hard. If it's Eddie Jackson, if it's, you know, Montez Sweat, whatever the case may be, is that a false assessment of how Chicagoans view and hold their their sports figures, or or is that spot on? No, I don't think it's about how Chicagoans hold their sports figures because you've had the great ones too. You know, you've had Michael, you've had you know Butkus. We've had I can name yeah. you know, forever, yeah. and Chicago loved every one of them. I think in this particular case, the worst thing that ever happened to Justin Fields was rushing for over 1,100 yards last year <laughs> okay. because that became everybody's Makes you focus. think you're amazing. Well, it is. I mean, yeah. no quarterback, yeah. for the most part, no quarterbacks don't do that. And so people forgot 
that that's not really what you want your quarterback <laughs> yeah. to do. You yeah. do. I mean, it's not a bad thing. I'm not trying to make it a bad thing, but it says nothing about what kind of NFL quarterback he's going to be because you still have to be an NFL passer in order to be a franchise quarterback. And and I just think that those rushing stats and some of the great runs, it just it it muddied the water for him. You know, it, it made everybody think, oh, he's got to be the guy. But he hasn't shown anything throwing the football to tell us that he's the guy. And that's why I don't think he's being evaluated fairly or, or realistically. He is a great athlete. Everybody knows he's a great athlete. Nobody, I'm not arguing about that. But that's not what matters. What matters is his mental acuity for the game and for the position. And it's the position in particular. You don't have to have great football knowledge and be a football genius to play tight end or, or to play left tackle. But you do at quarterback. You do at safety. Those are the positions where the mental aspect is, in some regards, more important than the physical aspect. And he has shown nothing to prove that he has the mental acuity for the position. And, and that's what I'm hoping to see in the next two weeks. Because, again, in three of the last four weeks, we started to see the possibilities. Now, can he do that consistently? Or is this week going to be the week where he comes back and makes a bunch of mistakes again and we don't know what you've got? Um, at the end of the day, there's no point in quitting. Now you got six yeah. more weeks to try and figure yeah. out what you can do. But, but all this, th- these people criticizing the play calling, like any of them know that's me. I'm, I'm one of those people. Hub. Well, and that's okay. You know, as a fan, you're entitled to do that. But assuming that you know more than Getsy or Floose, you don't, <laughs> you know, that's facts. A- a- yeah. A- a- and that's, What's so frustrating about where this team is at right now is that the fans think they know more than the coaches do, and they don't. Yeah, and it's, it's also frustrating because, you know, we're trying to evaluate Justin Fields in real time as a fan, and it's unfortunate that the evaluation of Justin Fields comes at the hands of the success of Lou Getze, right? Mm-hmm. It, the, the better he does as an offensive coordinator because no one's like, everyone's like, oh, Justin Fields is amazing. Like, let's say the pass to DJ Moore, the 40-yard bomb, right? He missed the one before that, missed the one to Tyre Scott, but the one that connects, the assumption is that it's Justin Fields. No one's like, what a great call by, by Luke Getz, mm-hmm. right? It's like the successes are for the quarterback and the failures are of the offensive coordinator. I think that's what we hold that consistently. I still can't believe, with the way Justin played Sunday, that anybody's criticizing Luke Getze. Getze was one of the biggest reasons for his performance, you know? And now he hasn't been a great offensive coordinator all year long. I don't know if he's the answer. We'll we'll make those decisions at the end of the year. But the fact that everybody immediately wanted to go after Getze and assume that, oh, it's not Justin's fault. Justin's played great. That's just not good yeah. football coverage. I know? think I think for me it's like, and this is just, again, a fan's perspective. I look at Justin Fields and I say, could you have played better? Sure. Well, whatever. You can always play better. Do I think Lou Getze could have called a better game or, or better plays in, in particular situations? I do think that is true as well, though. I'll tell you the other thing that really is not doing Justin any favors, unfortunately, because it's completely unfair. He is such a good guy. He is such an impressive young man. <laughs> he is, though. That, that, is. I mean, I, 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 people get mad at me, like, why are you so... I'm not down on him at all. <laughs> I'm pulling for him. I want him to be the guy. I want him to show us. But he has to do it. That, that, that's not something that Luke Getzey can do or that Matt Eberflus can do or that you or I can do. He has to do it on the football field, and he has shown very few signs that he's going to. Yeah. And that's what the evaluation has to be about. It's unfortunate, Hub, right, where... I think you and I are both the same. We 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 can be critical on a game by game basis about 
Justin Fields and his performance on a game by game basis, and we can we can pinpoint what he's doing correct and what he, what we feel as though he's doing wrong. But ultimately, it's like if you want to change that narrative, there's only one person that can do that. We we evaluate in real time. We don't play. We don't call calls. We don't do those things. And it's like the results of the plays, the results of the calls is is simply up to the offensive coordinator and to the to the quarterback. And and when executed properly, when executed at a high level, it results in points and wins. And then that's when we can get, get behind you wholeheartedly. And I think where we're at right now is just there's been just been too many losses, too many mistakes, too many moments that we can look at and say that wasn't necessarily the right play on a macro football level. And so we come down hard on the guy like Justin Fields. But I think the casual fan or the casual football person, the assumption is to place it on Getsy because you watch a game. And you say, hey, I've seen Justin Fields play poorly, and he, he didn't have a bad game, and the Bears were winning by 12. So if And the defense did play well. So if the defense played well and Justin Fields had an all right game, then the only person I have left to blame is the coaches in the last quarter. Well, and there's another piece to it too, which nobody talks about, but I know it has to be part of it, which is the fact that Luke came from Green Bay. I hate if that. he had come from any other team, he would not be nearly as <laughs> criticized as he point. is because he comes from the Packers. And that's just a fact. You know, I, I'm not just making that up. No. We all know that. We may not want to so admit true. it. Yeah, it really is. And so it's just a bad list of things going on right now that are so easy to critique and criticize. And and you don't have to be right or be honest because you know what you said or what I said or, or some fan said goes away as soon as you say it. But it lives with these kids or these young men for, for their entire careers, and that's what makes it so hard on them. All right, so so you, before we go to break, I want to ask you this, Hub. You've been following the NFL for so long. You've been covering the Bears. In this particular instance, where the Bears are at right now in 2023, I mean, is it a case of poor coaching or is it just lack of talent in this particular situation where the Bears are at right now? Right now? Right now. It's a combination of lack of talent and youth. But give me, but 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 we know that we know it's a combination. But give me, give me where the 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 pendulum swings in one favor. Is it more? I know it's both. I know that Bears lack talent. I know that the Bears lack a little bit of coaching. But from for the position that they're in right now, where would you put more of the onus on? There's a lack of talent. Talent. That, that's why you started a rebuild. Yeah. That's why you broke up the entire roster. Yeah. That's why you let some really good football players get away because you decided you were starting over and building a better roster. And and they've just started that. You, you know, you've had two off seasons and, and and that's the problem right now. Now, next year that can't be an excuse because they're going to have their third draft, their third round of free agency. It'll be the second year of the rebuild. And, and, and so if they get off to the same start next year that they did this year, then you have to assume it's it's coaching as much as talent. But to me, clearly, it's lack of talent right now. Let me ask you this, and I've asked this to Corey Wu, and, and he gave a vague answer, so I, I know you won't give the same answer. The game on Sunday against the Detroit Lions, was there a particular position, right, specifically a position that you felt like had there been improvement in that position, then the Bears would have ended up victorious? Or do you think that regardless of if you would have added one position, I want to, I'm not talking about three or four positions, just one. It, it, it doesn't matter if maybe that one position would have been better that they still would have lost. 
Well, I think the position in the fourth quarter would probably have to be running back because I don't think Deontay Foreman was healthy. And, and, and Khalil Herbert just came back off of IR. Yeah. And you get to that critical point the last five, six minutes. Get a couple yards. Yeah, I mean, even if you make it third and short, give yourself different chances. But those first two runs were a waste of time, you know. And so I think that position more than anything hurt them at the end, although obviously the secondary did too to let them go yeah. down and score. Two, two yeah. touchdowns in a minute and two minutes respectively. But I think that's a great point. I think, you know, we, we, we tend to assume that the running back position in the NFL is one that you can just plug and play and you'll just automatically get three yards. But it's not the case all the time. Now, I was really excited about where Khalil Herbert was at coming into the season and where he was at when he got hurt, but now he's coming back from missing the four or five weeks to an injury, an ankle injury on a running back. You know it's not 100% yet, so I'm not about to write him off. Of course But not. he wasn't he wasn't himself on Sunday. And, we saw that. And, and we saw Foreman get hurt a couple times, you know, and, and that's what they needed was to be able to run the ball in those last five minutes. And, and then after running the ball for the whole game, they couldn't. Yeah, it was unfortunate. Uh, I think... Uh... We could all pinpoint what we felt like was an issue in the last couple of minutes. Bears had a 98.8% chance to win with two minutes and 59 seconds left, and unfortunately uh, couldn't come through with the dub. But again, when you allow a touchdown in one minute and then in two minutes and 14 seconds, it's it's going to be tough for you to hold on to that victory. But uh, this is the growth. You know, Hubs talk about it a lot. This is the, the beginning of the rebuild for the Chicago Bears, and, and I think what we can agree on, is that they're headed in the right direction. And that hopefully they'll continue to do just that. All right, it's Hub Arkish. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's 670 to score on the other side. We're going to switch gears before we get up out of here. We can talk a little bit about Shohei Otani. Will he make his way to the Chicago Cubs? I'm going to ask Hub that on the other side. It's Hub. It's Gabe. It's Chicago Sports Radio. Six. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Have a neat score. I really believe Shoei would look at this opportunity as being perhaps similar in some ways to what the Red Sox would present. Of course, they've had Daisuke in the past, just like the Cubs have had Darvish in the past. I could see that being a very parallel and logical sales pitch, where I think both teams, if he's going to leave the West Coast, I believe it's going to be for a place like the Cubs or the Red Sox. Gabe Ramirez, Hub Arcus right here on 670 to score. Bears dropped their latest game to the Detroit Lions 31-26. And we're done with them. Now we get to talk a little bit about the Chicago Cubs. And it looks as though Hub, like, this is a team that, and not even a team, a front office that 
understands that, hey, there's a window right now and, and we might not have the talent in this window, but we're we're certainly trying to trying to go get the talent to make it a window. And, and there's something that I believe I may be wrong. I God knows I am often enough, but um and, and I love everything they've done so far and I like where they're at right now. I, I, I can't remember in all these years of being a ticket holder and a fan when they had the number one rated farm system. Farm system. In, 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 I mean, everything <laughs> seems to be going in the right direction. There's one thing I don't want. I don't want them to go after Otani. You don't want them to go and after And the Otani. reason is because I think it's been established it's going to cost more than half a billion dollars. That's a true. And for right. half a billion dollars, you can get two MVP candidates, mm-hmm. not one. Now, I understand that Otani is viewed as two, and that's why he's worth half a billion dollars, except for one thing. He's not going to pitch again until 2025. Yeah. We don't know what surgery he's had. Why spend all that money on a guy who may come back as a great hitter, not a position player, a DH, and may not be the pitcher you think he is? But what if he's a closer? What if he ends up being, you know, your your your, your number three batter or five batter, and then he but he can be a closer as well? It's a great gamble to take. It worked with Cody Bellinger this year, but instead of spending that money on him, spend it on two MVP candidates who are healthy and who you know more about. You, you know, that that's my only thing. I'm not going to be disappointed if they sign him, but I just, I don't think it's the way to go. I, I don't think any player is worth $500 million. That's you, real. You know, and what they can add with that money, with what they already have, they don't, he doesn't make the difference all by himself. They still need to add other pieces. And that's why I'm not as nuts about this Otani thing yeah. as so many fans I think are. a lot of people are big on Otani. They love some talent. But the fact of the matter is you lose a Cody Bellinger, you lose a Marcus Stroman, and you hire a Craig Council. And one thing that I've been concerned about, Hub, is that the the Cubs might be in a position where they start the season with less talent that they had than last. I'm not sure. It sounds like everybody's writing Bellinger off. And I'm not really sure why. I mean, right. he 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 seem, he's going to get the same. He's going to probably get more money here than anywhere else. I mean, they're ready to spend money, and he's you know everything he said about Chicago and being a Cub was positive and great. And I'm maybe I'm kidding myself, but I think there's a chance that he's one of the guys they sign. All right, so no Otani for you, but uh, what what do those players look like to supplant the you know Marcus Stroman's and Cody Bullingers and 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 making a Cubs team or. Uh, competitive in 2024 what does that look like for you if i get bellinger back i've taken care of either first base or center field and and i have an mvp bat and then if i go sign the best number one pitching prospect Mm. out there the two of them probably cost me less than 500 million and i've got the same thing plus two guys if one gets hurt you still got the other one And, and and then i'm also not in a big hurry to trade Morel. I, I don't know why everybody wants to trade this. I think he can be the bat they're looking for, Great point. you know, and, and he can, he can be your DH if he's not going to be. So I don't think they need as much as people think they need. If they retain Bellinger and if they get a true number one pitcher excited about Wicks, you know, excited about Steele coming back, uh, you know, they've got to add to the bullpen, but the bullpen's not that expensive to add to. Yeah. So I just don't think spending all this money on Otani is the best way to assure that they become the contender you want them to be this year. Yeah, I think when you're looking at Otani, I mean, obviously the people that are in favor of him are looking at, you know, offensive production. They're looking at the possibility of him being someone that you can pull out of the bullpen as of late. But I think overall, you're right. I think you minimize what the Cubs have done over the last, not just last year, but the last couple of years with the talent that they've had. You saw what the addition of Cody Bollinger can do. And if you can get a a front-end ace, like more so than a a Morrell, and if you can get a... 
you know, a bat. It's going to be tough. What, what I really don't want, Hub, is Kirk Council to have a team that is inferior to that of last year. Real quick question. Are you a Jed Hoyer fan? Yes, I am. I love what he's done with the Chicago Cubs the last couple of years. I was just going to say, I think he's had a really good last two years. <laughs> yeah. I'm not talking about his entire... Yeah. And, and I trust him to be able to do more with more yeah. as opposed to doing less with I, more. You know? Okay, more, Okay, hold on, Hub. More people need to say that. He's done more with more, and the Cubs themselves have done more with more, and they'll continue to do it, and it's just a matter if they can put the right pieces together. But more with more is something that... I'm talking about no one is talking about. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly the point. And it, and it ultimately ends up if whether that more can equate to more victories. And we get an opportunity to see that as the offseason continues. All right. Want to thank our guests for today. Jeez, who do we have? Corey Wooten was someone that hung out with us. We had Cody Westerlin. Dan Pompey was here. Thank you. Dan Pompey was hanging out with us. A little Mark Grody as well. Got to thank our producer today, Tyler Ferengall. Baby T. I said that's his, that's his radio name. Who gave you that name? It was me. My bad. I always forget I gave him the name Baby T. And your hat is still banged to the front. You're going to be Baby T. That's a game banger name. Bang it to the left. There you go. Bang it. I'll talk to you about banging it to the right a little, little bit later. All right. Uh, let me see. Shout out to Hub Barkish, man. Thanks for hanging out. That was a fast show today, right? It really was because it was so much fun. And I always enjoy being here with you and hope to do it again soon. That I do. And I hope I can get some Michigan gear as a result of it. I don't got no uh, maize green and gold or whatever the colors are. All right, mi gente. That means my people. Hasta la próxima. Until next time, which will be tomorrow, 6 p.m. Right here on 670 The Score. I am Gabe Ramirez. He is Hub Arkish. This is Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.